Psalms 84, verses 5 and 6. You will find these words, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. And let's uh, let's pay close attention to verse number 6. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. As they pass through the valley of Baca. I want to talk to you all for just a few moments from this subject matter. Passing through the valley of Baca. Passing through the valley of Baca. Well, let me start off by saying that this Psalms 84 is a real interesting book. And uh, let me also say it's a book of encouragement as well. Because Psalms 84 is a song of pilgrimage about going on a journey. Every Jewish male was required to worship at the temple at least three times a year, if at all possible. And uh, for many families, it was the highlight of the year to be able to go to Jerusalem and uh, see the sights and sounds of the big city and uh, to be able to enter into the temple and see the splendor of it. And so many traveled great distances and endured hardship to be able uh, to make it to Jerusalem. Uh, The way was sometimes discouraging. So they would uh, sing and uh, worship as as they travel. Can I just tell somebody here today, if you're feeling kind of down and feeling kind of low because you've been in for seven, eight months, why don't you sing songs and make melody in your heart? Amen. And I guarantee you it would help you along the way. They became sometimes discouraged, but yet they would sing and they would worship as they traveled. And so this psalm is believed to be one of the ones that they sung to remind them, especially doing uh, the discouraging parts of the journey of the glory of God's house. I don't know about you. I miss, I miss God's house. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of enjoying, you know, this virtual worship, but after eight months, Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go back into the house of the Lord. I'm like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in to the house of the Lord. And so this psalm is expressed with deep longing for the presence of God to be in his house, to be in his courts and uh, to dwell in his presence is the object of uh, this particular psalm. For many of them that traveled, it was like a homecoming. They would see family that they had not seen for a while, but still the highlight was to be 
in the temple of God, worshiping and praising him. And so as they traveled, as they traveled outside of Jerusalem was a valley called the Valley of Baca. And most of the pilgrims had to pass through this valley to make it to Jerusalem. And I have heard several ideals about the Valley of Baca. Some scholars uh, believe it was a garbage heap. Some says it was a dump that the pilgrims passed by. And then there was other scholars believe that it takes its name from the balsam tree. Balsam trees grew in dry places. So it is believed that the Valley of Baca was a harsh, dry place that would test the patience of the pilgrims as they journeyed to meet with God. And so such a valley exists between the Jordan and Jerusalem. And so they tell me that the balsam tree at a certain time weeps its sap. And no doubt this reminded the travelers of the tears that they themselves shed while uh, on the journey. And so when you look at when you look at uh, Baca, you got to understand that it really means weeping. It really means uh, tears in the Hebrew language. And so many see it as a place of great sorrow. And I don't know if we would be transparent here uh, today. Uh, we would have to agree that we too have our valleys uh, of Baca that we pass through on our way to the New Jerusalem. But you know, there are several truths that I want to help us here today uh, that this particular passage gives to us. There's some encouraging words here that as we go through the valley of Baca, and can I please, please explain, you may not be going through it right now, but put this message on the shelf because there are three types of people. There are the first type are those who are on their way to the valley. And then you have some that are already in the valley. And then you have your last group that's on their way out of the valley. But just as sure as you live, I come here not to be the bearer of bad news, but to let you know that you will have your valley experiences. And so what the psalmist is telling us here, that as we travel, the pilgrim, all the, pil all the pilgrim was, was a traveler. He, he or she was a, a, a tourist. And so what this, what this psalm will let us know as we go through it, the first thing and the first encouragement I want to give you here today is simply this, and that is uh, that the pilgrim only passes through the valley. I'm going to say it again, that the pilgrim, the traveler, uh, uh, you and I, we only pass through the valley. And, 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 and while we must from time to time journey through uh, dry, harsh places on our spiritual journey, it, it, it's a good. It, it's good to remember that those places 
are not our home. Don't build there. Don't don't build no mansion there in the valley. It's it's not it's not our home. Uh, we know that Satan is a thief. We know that he comes to steal. He comes to kill, and uh, he comes to destroy. And one of the things that he loves to steal from Christians uh, is. Uh, their hope. Ah, one of the biggest lies that he'll tell you is that it's not going to get any better. He'll tell you that he or she is not going to be saved or is always going to be like this. I want you to know he comes to steal your hope. But please, whatever you do, wherever you go, don't lose hope. When you look in the book of Ruth, the first chapter, uh, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll find that Naomi, uh, after the death of her husband and her sons, uh, uh, must have felt that it would never get better. Listen at her in Ruth chapter one, verse number 20. Uh, and she said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara. For the Almighty have dwelt very bitterly with me. Now you have to understand her name was Naomi and her name meant delight or delightful, but she has lost her hope and she asked to be called Myra, which means uh, bitter. Well, let me stop right here in part and tell somebody, don't let the devil change your name. Ah, he want to change your name uh, from delight, from delightful. He wants to change your name to mean uh, to mean bitter. She wasn't the only one that felt that way in the Bible. But when you look at our friend by the name of Job, Job in the sixth chapter of Job in verse number eight, look what Job said. Job says, oh, that I may, might have my request and that God would grant me the thing that I long for. Listen at verse number nine. He says, even that it would please God to destroy me. Now, you know, he was in bad shape. Anytime a person get to a point where they want God to destroy them, they're in bad shape. He said, Job said, I, I, I just want my heart's desire. And my heart's desire is simply that God would destroy me. He said that he would let loose his hand and cut me off. And then in verse 10, he says, then should I yet have comfort? Yea, I would harden myself in sorrow. Let him not spare me, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. And then in verse 11, he said, what is my strength? He says that I should hope. And what is mine end that I should prolong my life? May I tell you, my brothers and my sisters, that Satan desires to steal your hope and joy so that you too will turn bitter, that you too will lose hope and stop your journey. And some people, some people, you know, they're just simply chronic complainers. Fact of the matter is some folks, they sit down, they set down roots in the valley of Baca with no intentions 
of moving. But somebody ought to shout, the devil is a liar. Some folks, they can't wallow in their sorrows and they're satisfied with their self-pity. It's no wonder, it's no wonder that Jesus asked the impotent man in the fifth chapter of the book of St. John. He says, do you want to be made whole? In other words, do you want to be well? Now, I've discovered that there are some people, they get comfortable in the valley of, of Baca. But can I please encourage you to remember that you are on a pilgrimage. In other words, you're on a journey. Baca is not your home. God has designed you for something better. You are only passing through. And if you continue on your journey, all that you are going through will soon pass away. Oh, I need somebody here to know because I don't know who I'm talking to, but I want you to know that whatever you are going through, it will soon pass away. It did not come to stay, but notice it came to pass. And so don't take root there in Baca. Uh, Don't build no mansion there because it is only a test. Hallelujah. It's your wilderness test. It's your desert test. And God knows the way that you take, and he's going to bring you out of it. Well, Paul says, let me encourage the saints. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, Paul says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Somebody ought to shout, it's just a moment. Uh, Somebody say, it seems like it's lasting a long time. No, he says uh, that it's just for a moment. And notice what that moment is doing for us. It's working for us a far more exceeding and uh, eternal weight of glory. In other words, Paul is saying that Our troubles, our valleys are only for a moment, especially when they are compared with the eternal weight of God's glory. When you compare it with the eternal weight of God's glory, well, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift him up the everlasting doors and what the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. And so Paul says, whatever you're going through, uh, it don't compare to the glory that God is going uh, to reveal. And this is what the pilgrims needed to remember while traveling through the valley of Baca, the glories of God's temple and the joy of being in his court. I need you to know there's some glory that takes place in the temple. I know we say that we are the church, which we are the church, but there are some things that's not going to take place here on Alexandra that will take place 
in God's house. And that's the reason why we got to be careful what we do in God's house. We got to be careful what we say in God's house. We got to make sure that God's house remain consecrated. We got to make sure that God's house uh, is a refuge, not only for the saints, but also for sinners. When they thought about the temple that was in Jerusalem and all of the glory and everything uh, that they had experienced there, oh, it caused uh, their hearts to be sad. I need y'all to keep your eyes on the prize. Somebody put that in the chat. Keep your eyes on the prize. And while you keep your eyes on the prize, there's certain things that we're going to have to go through. But the prize is still, it's there. And so when you are traveling through the valley of Baca, remember those mountaintop experience. Remember the joy of being in God's presence. Uh, remember what it's like to be above the storm clouds. Uh, remember the promises of God, the providence of God. Remember the presence of God. And also don't ever forget the power of God. When you feel like you're in the valley of Baca, you just need to look back over your shoulder. I just want to talk. My God, look back over your shoulder. Look where God has brought you through. Look what God has brought you from. And I guarantee you, you'll say, I don't feel no ways tired. I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. Eh, but I don't believe, my God. I don't believe God has brought us this far to leave us now. Can I make it personal? I don't believe he's brought me this far to leave me now. He didn't bring me through the storm to leave me. He didn't heal you to leave you. He did not deliver you to leave you. He did not bring you this far to leave you now. And so be encouraged, my brothers and my sisters, that the first thing we need to understand, that the traveler, that you only pass through the valley. So if you don't already made plans and got them inspected and approved to build in the valley of Baca, I'm coming to tear it down in the name of Jesus. I'm coming to move you out of that place because God has something much better for you. Not only does the traveler and I don't want to preach too long here today, but not only does the traveler, not only does the believer, the pilgrim, my God, pass through the valley, but then the psalmist let us know something else. He says that the pilgrim finds refreshment in the valley of Baca. Oh, wait a minute. I don't want you to miss it. We find refreshment. In the valley of Baca, because when you read that text, notice what he says. He says, don't go in the corner and lay down and sit there and die from the heat of the sun. Of the sun. But David says, David says that they whew, make a well or dig a well while in the valley of Baca. In other words, you can't be lazy. Hey, in your valley, 
You got to keep on pushing. You got to keep on pressing. You got to keep on digging. Why did they dig wells? Uh, They dug wells to refresh themselves so that they could uh, continue on their way. Sometimes what we have to do as we travel through the Valley of Baca is to make the extra effort and dig down to find the refreshment that we need to make it through the valley. You can't depend on your pastor because I might not feel like digging. You can't depend on the first lady. She might not feel like digging. My God, I'm getting excited. You've got to dig your own well. You got to sweat. Come on here. If you don't have a shovel, borrow one from somebody else in the valley and don't only dig your well, but help them dig their well. Why? Because we help us one to another. Well, Pastor, how do I dig a well in my valley of Baca? Well, first, we need to dig into the promises of God's word. I said dig. Uh, don't just skip through it and read through it and say, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his holy word. No, you got to dig into the promises of God's word because there is a well of comfort right there in the word of God. There's a well of victory in the word of God, but we usually don't take the time to really dig down. Someone once said that the Bible is like scratching the earth with a hole. You can dig potatoes just out from the surface, but to dig diamonds, you can't get diamonds with a hole. You got to get a pick and a shovel and you've got to dig deep. Can I tell you, you find promises that will offer you encouragement, promises that will provide your healing, promises that will bring you comfort while you travel through the valley of weeping. Listen, every promise, every word of God, it shall come to pass. Instead of praying about your problem, why don't you pray the word on your problem? I'm going to say it again. Stop praying about your problem and pray what the word says about your problem. And so we need to dig deep. Lest I preach too long, let me move on. We need to dig deep into the promises of God's word. And then secondly, we, we, we need to dig into the presence of God by prayer. It's great to be in the temple, worshiping and praising God. It's great to rejoice in the courts of the Almighty, but God walks with his own, even in the valley of Baca, even though we can't go into the church, my God, with the organ and the piano and the drums and chandeliers are gone, by the way, but the temple is still beautiful. Even though we cannot go into the temple, I want you to know you can pray right where you are. You can pray at your kitchen table. Pray right where you are. Pray in your den. Pray right where you are. God will hear you. Even in the valley, he desires that we seek him. My God, with all of our heart. And so we need to dig into the presence of God by prayer. Look what Deuteronomy 4, 29 said. It says, but if from thence thou shalt 
seek the Lord thy God, thou shalt find him. I want somebody to know if you seek him, he don't play hide go seek with his children. He, if you seek him, you will find him. He says, if thou seek him with all thine heart and with all of your soul, you will find God. Jeremiah 29 and 13, he says, and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. You got to search for him with all of your heart. And so, yes, we have to dig deeper in the presence of God by prayer. And then thirdly, we need to dig deep. Oh yeah, we need to dig. We need to dig, y'all. We need to dig. We need to dig deep. We need to dig deep into the grace of God. I've seen it again and again when people go through great trouble and affliction that they dig deep. They get close to God. You know how that is. Look like when we're in trouble, then we start digging deep. When you got to keep on digging, I want y'all to keep on digging simply because how many y'all know it's by the grace of God Mm, that we have not been cut off. It's by the grace of God that you didn't die in the valley. It's by the grace of God that you did not wither away in the valley. It's by the grace of God. And so keep on digging, keep on digging, keep on digging, dig deep. If you are suffering, dig deep. If you're in trouble, dig deep. If you're facing great affliction, Dig deep because uh, I'm here to let you know God will provide what you need. How many of y'all know he's a great provider? When you look at the third chapter of 2 Kings, and I'm almost finished, we're told the story of the alliance that Jehoshaphat, the righteous king of Judah, and uh, Jehoram, the wicked king of Israel, made uh, to attack the king of Moab. The Bible said they traveled through the wilderness of Edom and picked up the king of Edom and uh, who traveled with them for seven days until they reached a valley. But here was the sad news. They reached a valley that had no water. And so Jehoram said that God was going to deliver them into the hand of Moab because they would die of thirst. But Jehoram Jehoshaphat called for Elijah to ask what to do. And Elijah told them, they said, he said, this is what I want y'all to do. I want you to fill the valley with ditches. He said, I want you to go out and I want you to dig ditches. Just keep on digging. The mold, my God, you got to dig with expectation. Some of y'all want to dig a little hole, expect God to fill it. No, he said, you go dig you some ditches and you fill the whole valley with those with those ditches. And that would seem strange. That would be a strange request. But guess what? They obeyed. My God, we were talking about that in the Bible discovery, obedience. Obedience is not optional. It is a command. And listen, when you obey God, when you obey God's word, I want you to know God will show up and God will show out. The Bible said they obeyed. They dug ditches all in the valley. And the Bible says the next morning, 
Somebody ought to type the next morning. The entire valley was filled with water. Don't you all tell me what God cannot do. If you just trust God, if you just lean and depend upon God, if you just be obedient to God, get up off your lazy self and start digging you some ditches. I want you to know God will, he'll fill your valley. In verse number nine, it says the valley you must be in may be due to your own fault. Jehoshaphat knew better to make an alliance with the wicked king. But guess what he did? But God did not forget about him. In his time of need, God provided grace for him. In other words, even though Jehoshaphat, he was disobedient at a certain point, God still had grace on him. And I'm just saying that to say this, that none of us are perfect and we all missed the mark. And I don't know about you, but I'll talk for myself. I thank God for his grace. What is God's grace? God's grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. He came all the way from heaven down. To save a wretch like me Brought me out from the hand of the enemy And so I don't know about you But I thank God for the grace of God Well, let me close with this That the pilgrim, the pilgrim, the pilgrim Not only does he pass through the valley Not only does the believer find refreshment in the valley. But last but not least, the pilgrim increases in strength in the valley of Baca. Notice what David says in verse number seven. I don't want you to think I'm making up nothing here today. Look what he says in verse number seven. He simply says, they go from strength to strength. I'm going to say it again. They go from strength to strength. And so while we don't like valleys, it is the valley that our faith is exercised, that we grow in strength. They go from victory to victory. They go from might to might. Every difficult go to overcome. My God, every difficulty that we overcome, it just means higher strength to overcome more difficulties. If you look back over your shoulder, yeah, you made it through that trial. And because you made it through that trial, you almost like, come on, devil. My God, some of us is at the place, come on, devil. we're not scared of you. And God did it before. Hallelujah. How many of y'all know God, he'll do it again. Put it in your spirit. God did it before. God will do it again. God healed you before. God will heal you again. God opened up a door before. God will open up another door. God made a way before. God will make another way. But you got to dig deep, dig deep, dig deep, dig deep. And God will give us the strength we need to make it through. Well, if my daddy was here, he'll close out like this. 
Has thou not known? Has thou not heard? The everlasting Father, the creator of the universe, he faileth not. He giveth strength to those that have no might. He increaseth their strength. And here was his favorite part, that even the youth shall faint and be weary. Young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Somebody ought to type in the chat, we're going to make it. We've come too far now to turn around. We've come too far now to start doubting God. We've come too far to give up. So while you're in the valley, if you're in the valley of Baca, just please remember, you're only going through it. Please remember that there's refreshment in the valley. You can't be lazy, though. You can't be lazy. Come on here, somebody. You can't be lazy. Sometimes you got to disturb the status quo. You have to disturb the way things are. Don't get comfortable in the valley. That's not where God intends for you to live. He wants you to be victorious. And so he'll refresh you. But you got to dig deep. Dig into the promises. Dig deep. Dig into the presence of God by prayer. Dig deep. Hallelujah. Because he'll take you from strength to strength. You'll increase in your strength. And I don't mind being in the valley as long as I know that the Lord is with me. As long as I know. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death. Not the valley of not the valley of Baca, but he's talking about the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. How come? Because the Lord is with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy while you praying that God remove your enemies. How are you going to have God remove your enemies? Then they ain't going to be able to sit at the table with you. Don't go against what God is trying to do. He said, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your own enemies. And so as we go through the valley of Baca, keep on praising. Don't doubt God. Keep on trusting him and continue to wait on the Lord. Continue to wait on the Lord. It's only a test. It's going to get better, but you're going to have to wait 